Pleasant good morning to everyone out there listening. This is Mama Nelly, and welcome to the very first episode of Under the Magnolia Tree, where there's always a lesson to be learned, whether it's between me to you or you to me. Uh, Today we're going to talk about, or what I'm going to talk about is language and why language is so important to what we do spiritually. So I had to get the official definition from Webster's Dictionary on what is language to help me to kind of frame what it is I want to say, right? So according to Webster's Dictionary, uh, language, uh, the definition for language is the words, their pronunciation, and the methods of combination of them used and understood by a community. So just to give a a background of who I am, right? Um, Of course, I was raised in the Kojic Church, Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal uh, Church, where my mother was a missionary. Uh, And then I transitioned to being a Muslim. I converted to Islam and I practiced it for at least about eight to nine years. Uh, and that's where my foundation, I believe, um, my foundation of understanding language really truly came from. Um, so one of the things that Islam has taught me, especially when it comes to language, is that language ties to one's culture. It ties to the Arabic culture, especially Islam is a tribal tradition. It is an oral tradition. So language was heavily used or the understanding of language was heavily enforced, especially for those who Arabic was not their first language. And so language in, in the in the Arabic sense or in the in the Muslim frame of thinking, it explained why things were done, um, why things were done, the customs that came out of it, um, also the types of food that was eaten, the type of stories that were being told, uh, especially when it pertains to the early Arabs in their particular environment. And... One of the things that, once again, another thing that it taught me was that if you wanted to know the religion, you had to learn the language. There was nothing that 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 was done without saying a prayer in Arabic. So there was a there was a thought of not a thought. When you're saying your obligatory prayers, when a Muslim say says his obligatory prayers, he has to say it in Arabic from the the first line to the verses of the Quran. Uh, all of that had to be said in Arabic. Granted, um, for a lot of us who were converts to the religion, we first... Uh, try we first try to understand it in our own language, and then uh, we will learn how to speak it in Arabic. 
including how to recognize it when it's written uh, in Arabic as well. Uh, and that was always pushed. It was always important for a Muslim to understand and read the read Arabic. So once again, I'm I'm starting from a Islamic standpoint so I can tie it into uh what it means spiritually. So for for a Muslim, that was important because certain words were not easily translated to English, right? So for example, and once again, I'm I'm just coming from an Islamic background. Uh when we're talking about hijab, majority of people, when they think of the word hijab, they think of the the covering that women wear. But the actual term for hijab just means covering. So depending on the context in which it's being used, hijab could be a covering for a table. Hijab could be a covering that separates a barrier between, let's say, men and women. Uh, so hijab, depending on the context, could be could be different things. And so according to some, the word that they would like to use is kimar, which is, some would say that it's uh, more descriptive of the type of covering that women should wear, right? But I digress, right? Once again, what does this have to do with spirituality? What does it have to do with spirits? And it has plenty. Language has to do plenty with dealing with spirits, with dealing with spirituality. Like I said before, language tells a story about culture of the people. It tells the stories. It tells how they live. It tells who they are as individuals and as a community. And when we're talking about spirits, right, when we're talking about uh, spirituality, many of us, many of us, including myself, uh, deals with different deities uh, that are from different cultures, right? Can we, un- can, can we say, is it fair to say that spirits or deities understand all languages? We can say that, and that is, that is accurate, uh, but they move differently when one uses the language from the culture that they came from. For example, my son loved Nordic mythology, right? And so he was singing a song in a language. I don't know how he learned it. I really don't. But he was singing a song to Odin. And he was walking through the apartment singing this song. And being who I am, right, being who I am, I started to feel the energy shift in my apartment. So I, I like yelled at him and I said, well, not yell at him, but I, you know, I, I called out to him. I said, son, I said, who are you calling in my house? Who are you calling in our space? And he was like, well, this is a song for Odin. I said, son, you can't do that. You can't sing a song to a deity and you calling them forth. And now what are you going to do now that that deity, that energy is now in our house? What are you, what are you doing? What are you going to do once that energy is present and accounted for in our house? 
I said, son, you gotta, gotta watch that for a little bit. Now, with all that being said, I'm sure that my son could have possibly said that song in English, but I'm, but I can guarantee you the energy would not have been the same because now he's calling forth a deity in the language that that deity, the culture in which that deity came from, right? So that's one example, right? When you're talking about your ancestors, a lot of us um, are from different backgrounds, right? I am from, once again, I was raised in a church. My folks are from South, uh, Mississippi, Georgia, and the Carolinas, respect, uh, respectfully, right? They're not going to move for me if I decide to go to them and and uh, talk to them or approach them in the Catholic prayer. They're not going to move as quick as if uh, as if I maybe. I may have been, excuse me, I may have been speaking a foreign language to them. They're not going to recognize that. But if I came to them with uh, with a tambourine and I'm stomping on the floor and I'm singing gospel songs that I grew up with, like old traditional gospel songs, they're going to move a lot differently than if I was starting to do a rosary in front of them. It's, it will be in a language in which they do not understand, right? They hear me, they understand, but that's not what, that is not what is going to grab them to want to come celebrate with me. So for a lot of folks, um, especially for those who are in Orisha tradition, um, uh, Haitian voodoo, anything that is, let's say, an ATR, an African traditional religion. Most people will tell you, those who've been doing this for a long time, will tell you that you cannot perform any consecration of any Orisha, any Loa in English. They will tell you that. Because one, you have to you have to speak to the Loa, you have to speak to the Orisha, Um in a language, in the culture that they came from, right? Because once again, there are certain words that are not easily translated into English, right? When Once again, when I was a Muslim, I was always told, I was always told that uh, when something is being translated from the original language, that you lose the 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 understanding, you lose the connotation from it. It's almost like, you know, if you say a word in English, it's almost like you're trying to find an equivalent to the original word. Sometimes the equivalent doesn't mean that's exactly what it means. It just gives a, how do you want to say? It, it gives a, a, I want to say maybe just a, a just a gist of what is being said. It's not the actual meaning, and especially in Yoruba language, Yoruba language is very expressive. 
it's like when it's like when uh Yoruba speak, they use a lot of parables, they use a lot of descriptive words to describe what is going on. Whenever there is a song about Orisha, it's very descriptive of what what you know of what or who the Orisha is, right? So when you're calling forth Orisha, you have to call them in which the language in which they understand, in which the culture that they came from. It's not like Orisha or uh, Loa won't understand you what you're trying to say. It's, it's, it's not saying that at all, but they move differently when you are calling them in the language in which the culture is based out of. Right. Once again, Yoruba is very expressive. It's very descriptive. Um, you can't take the language out of the culture because it is the language that itself that tells you about those people. It is the language that it, within itself that explains the parables. Some of those parables, it's hard to say it in English because sometimes there's no words in English to describe uh it, it, it's it's no it's no words in English that describes what the original language is being said, right? And it's no different when you look at let's say us here, black folks here in America. There are certain things that we say in the black community that it nine times out of ten, if you say it in one community in in, in, let's say, down south, you can pretty much go up north in a black community and most likely they're going to understand what you said because, one, it is a cultural context to it. It's a language and it's a cultural context so that no matter where you go, you're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. For example, if you talk about, let's say, if uh, someone in your family uh, have dreams about fish, right? If I say that down here in the South, where I'm currently at, and I will say that up in the North, they'll be like, somebody's pregnant. They understand, like black folks will understand what you're saying. Or better yet, if you say something like, well, baby, don't leave your purse on the floor. Right? Nine times out of 10, if I, no matter where I go in the United States, they're going to know what I mean by that. It is a language. It is also the culture context in which black folks will understand what it is that I'm saying. So this is why, once again, language is important in what we do as spiritualists, as dealing with deities uh, that we serve. I cannot go to any deity and not have an understanding of the language in which they came out of, the culture in which they came out of. It's very important. So... And and to 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 wrap all this up, right? And I promise there's going to be more talks like this. It's going to be more sharing. Uh, but to wrap all this up, in order for you to practice any spiritual tradition, it does not have to mean that you have to practice an African traditional religion. You can practice Native American spirituality. You can practice whatever you want. You have to make sure that you do right by the tradition that you choose to practice. Learn the language. By learning the language, you're learning the culture. You're learning the history of the people, right? 
you're doing the justice. You're doing justice to those who have taught us, or uh, past or present, who have who have taught us how to connect to spirit, how to connect to these deities. You cannot separate ever separate the language from its people. You have to be able to respect the tradition by understanding the language. Is learning the language easy? Absolutely not. It's not. It wasn't easy for me to try to understand Arabic, to to recognize the letters, to recognize the words, to recognize the writing, to be able to speak it to people. Um, but I promise you, what I learned as being a Muslim has helped me to understand how I need to approach language when it comes to practicing a African, an African traditional religion. It has helped me tremendously, right? So please, beloveds, please learn the language of the tradition that you practice. You're carrying a legacy. You're doing uh, justice to those who have took their time out to teach us um, to be spiritualists, to be initiates of, of a tradition. All right? You all be blessed. Take care of yourself and each other.